podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. State of mind, smiles all round. Uh, is that a treble? <laughs> Make mine's a treble. Make mine's a treble. That was, in terms of a, a tricky tie going into that game. And the thing is, Kevin, when you're on the, the, the bulletin or when you're on, here's Paddy coming in as well, when you're on the, the post match, the pre match, you're all right, Paddy, how are you doing, mate? When I was in the wrong. But you were in the wrong room. I was saying to you, I mean, that's all right. It's all right. And we're kind of thinking coming into this game, you know, you want to be a bit cautious. You want, you don't want to count your chickens. Tynecastle can be a difficult place to go to. Indeed, this season, we've had tough games at, at Tynecastle. Celtic were absolutely outrageously good today, um, head and shoulders above the, uh, the challenge from Hearts. Um, vintage performance from Andy's Menkev. Absolutely, aye. It was uh, it was so comfortable for the full ninety minutes. Really, you know, the first half was. I, I think I've said this in almost every game that I've done for the last couple of months, but that was probably the best first half we've had of the season so far, because we just seem to be getting better and better, and we're controlling the game. Um, you know, you get that goal within the first two or three minutes, it calms any nerves down if there were any. Then we just see through the rest of the half, get a goal right at the end. As John said, you know, we're bookending the half with goals. Mm-hmm. You kill the opposition by scoring just before half time. Like they're going in one nil down. They've got a plan that they can try and come back to. But at two nil and losing the goal thirty seconds before the break, they're done. Second half, we just come back out, lower the tempo, but control it, manage the game through, and then we need to step it back up and get the goal. It was such a comfortable performance. Um, and I'd been looking back at some of the previous games for the, the blog, the pre-match blog that we did, that went out on the Axon website, just in case anyone wants to know where that is. Um, so yeah, we did that. and so We'd won the, the previous seven games against Hearts, but the two at Tynecastle had only been by a goal each. Mm. So you're expecting a really tight game here to be, you know, Tynecastle's quite a close venue. It's really intimidating. Fans get on top of the players. We kill the game with the, the goal in the first couple of minutes. You kill it again with the goal just before half time. And the second half's just a stroll in the park. It was. It was a stroll, right? And there's a few wee bits actually because there was so much to talk about in that first half. John said at half time it was a tremendous first, and it really was. One thing I didn't mention though, John, was there was a wee bit of needle I felt in that first half. And uh, Celtic were up to the task. We were up to the but- task when it when it was required. They were indeed. I'm getting a wee bit of interference. I don't know if anyone can hear it. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> brilliant, John. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, no, it was, uh, it was... I was just about to check all my levels and everything to make sure we were transmitting properly. <laughs> so, uh, no, it was... Ah, oh, sorry, I've enjoyed my day. Um, but, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it was... It was excellent. Uh, there was a bit of needle and, obviously, very controversial at the end. I don't know what's going to come of that. Um, Joe Hart clearly had something thrown at him. 
Mm. Uh, and it looked to me as if it was a dart or something similar because it, he picked it up with goalie gloves on, so it wasn't a coin. Uh, and it, it seemed quite long. And when I saw the initial incident, when I saw him running out, he didn't say what it was. And then when you saw him coming back, he was furious. Mm-hmm. He was cussing under his breath. And, you know, so he obviously wasn't a happy guy. Um, and when you actually look at Tynecastle, it's such a horrible ground. You know, if you're a keeper, I think he's, you know, what, eight yards, maybe, you know, maybe 10 away from the, the fans behind him. So, you know, if they start throwing stuff, you know, that's a problem. Um, he refused to go behind the goal to get the to get the ball for a He did, I saw a, that, yeah. kick, didn't he? So he did, yeah, yeah, quite right. The kind of juice he was getting. Yeah, quite right. Uh, so, yeah, no, there was a bit of needle uh, on the park as well, but I think most of the needle towards the end in particular just came because they'd basically given up. Mm-hmm. Um, they were getting a footballing lesson uh, and they decided to start throwing people about uh, and just fouling people basically because they were too tired and they couldn't be bothered anymore uh, and uh, there was no chance they were winning. Um, I think uh, the commentary team were, were saying, oh, you know, Hearts have done better this half, but they didn't lay a glove on us. I actually think they did better in the first half. They didn't lay a glove on us that centre. And I was just saying, Paddy, uh, the pre-game, myself and uh, Kevin, yeah, uh, called it, you know, in terms of who was you know, going to be playing well, Hearts and Johnson, and then you called it a half-time with CCV. Yeah. Um, so that's good because it's uh, better on these things to be uh, Nostradamus rather than uh, Nostradamus. So, you know, well, yeah. we, we, we got it right. No, listen, there's a, a good few points I want to pick up on there because Joe Hart was obviously the subject of the conversation on the pre-match, uh, John. And, you know, I think there was a few conversations last week around Celtic's um, strengthening in the summer and people are mentioning the goalkeeper position. I thought we did that. We've done that already in the, the summer gone. Um, it just so happens, unfortunately, the, the, the guy who's come in has been injured for a, for a while. Um, but I think when I look at that situation with Joe Hart, we've seen him doing it a couple of times since he came to the club. Obviously, at Ibrox, there was a broken bottle in the goal mouth and uh, he's saying to the referee at that stage, listen, I'll just take the whole team off. And I loved that because yeah. he was just taking ownership of the situation. <laughs> it wasn't running it past Andrew or any of this kind of stuff. He's just saying, no, we're all just going to walk off. What he's done there, um, I didn't realise the type of uh, the type of um, object that had been thrown on until you mentioned that, John. But that's very interesting because a while back we had a an ex-Hibs player in here in the studio. Can you remember Mickey Weir? Played with Hibs in the 1980s. He was a tricky wee kind of winger. Um, He came through with the likes of John Collins and stuff, and he said that there was an occasion he was taking a corner kick at Tynecastle, and he felt this burning sensation on his ankle, and when he looked down, there was a dart sticking out his his ankle. So it's proper old-school terrace hooliganism tactics, isn't it? If it is a dart... I mean that that's horrific, Paddy. Yeah. If that, if that's the case, well, we are no a stranger to that, are we? We've had Neil Lennon getting attacked. We've had mm-hmm. I remember um, Scott Sinclair's debut when he scored the winner against Hearts as well at Tynecastle. Remember when he, he ran mm-hmm. away celebrating and somebody tried to take a swing at him as well. Yeah. So I, I I mean I I don't know the answer how to fix that. Obviously that the stadium was on top of the pitch and. That's what creates the atmosphere, but these morons have got no place in the game at all. I, just, I mean, who, what what sort of psyche do you have to think to yourself, I'm going to lift a dart, I'm going to put it in my pocket, I'm going to go to the game, 
I'm going to sit in the stand and I'm going to throw it at a player. You must be an absolute mental case to do something like that. I'd never understood it. Same with the blo- broken bottles. <sighs> okay, you take a drink to the game, fine. But why the hell do you go then smash a bottle and then have that in your head to go through the steps and stages to take the actions to think that's all right to do? It's mental, absolutely mental. Um, I, I said last night when we were talking about the uh, some of the singing that had come out uh, from a previous game, and it's just that uh, people who are angry and disappointed with themselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and very, very unhappy with their lives, and they're just uh, acting out in order to seek attention, uh, in order to hurt, in order to intimidate, um, and, you know, it's pathetic behaviour. It truly is pathetic behaviour. It's easy to diagnose psychologically why they do it, but it's a lot more difficult to forgive, you know, why they do it, that sort of behaviour. Um, and to be, you know, to be, to be honest, the reasons why they do it are less important than the fact that they do, because ultimately, you know, you have to take responsibility and accountability for your own actions. Uh, so I certainly hope uh, if if that's the case, if if it's another. Uh, large object, if it's a dart or it's a bottle or, you know, whatever it might be, I certainly hope someone uh, is uh, going to be speaking at a local constabulary about that one. Yeah, I mean, well, I remember... They'll have the pause with the body cams in front of the, 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 their fans like they do at Celtic Park, surely, just to put in We'll have the pause the, there, eh? On that point, Paddy, you remember the the uh, the glass, the bottle uh, and the goldmouth incident just disappeared without trace. They couldn't locate... Ah. Um, who was responsible yeah. for it? It was you think to yourself with the CCTV in a football stadium plus additional CCTV cameras on the the, the body cams and all that, you're going to be able to um, establish who was responsible for it. Um, and again, I, I don't want to liberate. It was such a great performance by Celtic, but they really don't like us very much, do they? And Barry McCluskey comes in, looking forward to Nielsen's <laughs> post match, wondering what who he's going to blame. Did you hear the nonsense he came out with during the week, Kevin, about <laughs> being decapitated in order to get a red card against Celtic at Celtic Park? What a nonsense! What just be idea. better. Just be a better team. Be a better coach. Have better players. You know? Exactly. Has Has there ever been a, a game that Hearts have lost genuinely? You know, without it being the the fault of a refereeing decision or the opposition doing getting away with something, it seems to be every time we beat them, there's an excuse that comes out, and it's not that we were just a better team. Actually, I, I want to I actually wanted to talk about that point with John before the game, but we had such a good time just going through the team. But I'd be interested to see uh, what his view is on Hill's yellow card on was it O in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, because that's that's pretty much the exact same tackle that he's he's on about with Bernabeu. Mm-hmm. It's a yellow card every day of the week. There's mm-hmm. not really an intent to go in and, and injure the player. It's just a poorly timed tackle. So does he think the hell should be yellow card? Sorry, red carded. Was that a decapitation attempt as well? Be interesting to see. But Kev, what that would re- require is someone with um, the testicular fortitude. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright John Hughes. <laughs> to ask the question after the game, you know, to actually ask him the question. Exactly. And that's that's one of the major feelings that we've got in the Scottish press just now, is that no one's got that. As you said, testicular fortitude. <laughs> been wanting to say that phrase for so long, so thanks for reminding me about it. Can we get it on a T-shirt, John? <laughs> oh, we've got to. We have a picture. <laughs> we came, we saw, we had the testicular fortitude. Testicular fortitude. I thought the, the best T-shirt I saw during the week was I, I asked... 
you know, about VAR, what they check him out for. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Liam put it in the group was a, a t-shirt that just said VAR uh, checking for possible fiending. Uh, I'm so, sure. I'm sure it's an LDT. You can find yeah. her on. Um, you can find her on the socials. But uh, yeah. yes, uh, until recently there was a wee shop quite near Celtic Park where she sold all her goods, yeah. and it is um, in that vein. Let's just say, brilliant. I, 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 I have one of her mugs actually. One of her mm-hmm. coffee mugs. I wouldn't tell you what it says on it. But it's, uh, <laughs> just, uh, just drink from it the next time you're on. Just give it one, <laughs> one of the ones. Is John? Is it the unrepentant one? Unrepentant. Yes. Something. Yes, I've got. Uh, yeah, good design. Yeah. Um, Patrick James Simpson, professional, disciplined, ruthless, Indeed. ruthless in particular. And, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of different players I want to talk about. We spoke about some of them at halftime, but I'm also keen to get the comments coming up because uh, we're all now looking at the possibility, Cardiff Carroll, of this treble. Uh, you know, John dared to dream before the game, but when you look at the situation as it stands last night, um, Inverness Cali beat Kilmarnock 2-1. And then there was um, some kind of excuse coming after that game from Derek McInnes around budgets. No, I'm pretty sure Kilmarnock should be beating a team that's in a league underneath them, Derek. Today, Celtic will beat Hearts 3-0. Tomorrow, you've got Rangers against Wraith Rovers. And then on Monday, you've got Falkirk against Air United. So as quite rightly said by John before the game, um, obviously you've got you know, th- two, of the, two of the teams going through to the semi-finals will be from the Championship. And uh, obviously Celtic and possibly Rangers uh, will be drawn against one of those. Um, are we able to dream of the treble, Paddy? Aye, I think we've been able to dream about it since the, the League Cup win. Um, we spoke about it in the show on Wednesday. Um, that, that, and Big Johnny Sell said he'd be disappointed if we would never get a treble this season. But he, and, and it's nothing to do with being overconfident or cocky or, or, or whatever. It's just by looking at what you can see with your own eyes. Who's going to stop us? Looking at even the second half in that, that game there, the Hearts came out in the first 10 minutes and it was clear their intention was just to kind of be physical and, and try and out-muscle us off the ball, getting about us, and it just didn't work. But then our class shone through at the end. But in the second half, I don't believe we got a second gear in the second half. It was a it was a, it was was a a stroll. Um mm-hmm. And I think if, if Hearts had managed to get one back, we'd have just leveled it out, we'd have stepped up another gear and, and, and took them out of the game. Um, as as we, we won 3 0, it was a canter. But I, I genuinely can't see who can stop us. I genuinely, and I know cup games are different for the league and anything can happen in a cup game, but it's it's difficult to see, even with, with the other team across the city, how, how we can be stopped for getting the treble. And again, I don't want to be presumptuous or be overconfident, but that's just how I see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, Paddy, sorry, uh, you know, I was thinking this during the game, I, I really dislike smug people, so I hate myself right now. <laughs> 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 because, uh, yeah, no, um, uh, it, it was all came to fruition. Now, the beauty of that game, sorry to cut across your point, Paul. No, you're uh, right. the, the beauty of that game was that it was exactly what it should be. You know, we turned up. And that's what should happen when we turn up. Our biggest enemy is ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and the potential problems we can make. But when we turn up, that's what should happen. So it worked. It just it was perfect. Uh, you know, we showed up to play. We played brilliantly. Uh, and there was lots and lots to talk about in terms of the performances and who played well, who didn't, all the rest of it. But ultimately, uh, the overarching uh, theme really is, isn't it, is just 
you know, we played fantastically well. Second half is a bit quieter, but as you say, Paddy, second gear, mate, second gear, you know, that's all we needed. Absolutely, John. Johnny. You were saying, no, sorry, um, Paul, Paul, John, like, uh, uh, you, you were just saying there, like, we, our biggest enemy is ourselves, but we've got a manager in the dugout that won't let that happen. Mm-hmm. He's laser focused, absolutely laser focused. He will not be drawn in on any any outside influences or any noise in the background. He refused to be drawn into any nonsense yesterday in the, in the press conference. That, that's Ange Postecoglou takes every game at a time and he makes sure the team do the same. We never look ahead. We never look at when, when the final can be or when the next league game is or, or whatever. That, that manager won't, won't let us become our own, our own enemy. When you were saying that, what we were actually talking about is specifically uh, when uh, Taylor uh, was in the team, I was delighted because we were actually talking about specifically like Burnaby doing something rash. Ah, so if someone, if someone does see. something rash, gets sent off, all the rest of it. No, I agree yeah. with everything you said there, but we were just talking about shooting ourselves in the foot. Ah, the as, as, as on the pitch, yeah. yeah. What I love about Ange um, is the, the composure uh, under massive, massive pressure because it's only after the event has he spoken about the fact that only winning the league um, was acceptable, it was non-negotiable, but when you watch his interviews through the season, he doesn't touch on that, it's after the event, Uh, so he must have been under an incredible amount of pressure uh, last season, it didn't show, he didn't allow anybody to rattle him in press conferences, he was in control, Uh, the composure is is unbelievable. The the comments that are coming through um, are very positive, which we love to see because, I mean, there's very, very little negative we can talk about there. By the way, and someone might have seen it better than me, I'm pretty sure, it came to my mind when Paddy mentioned the Sinclair incident back in the day, um, I'm pretty sure someone spat on uh, Greg Taylor as well. Someone certainly motioned over, you know, the full body yeah. and it wasn't verbals they were they were spouting. So um, that kind of thing, I think it can be intimidating. Perhaps I might be uh, being too lenient on someone like Haksabanovic, uh, who's, you know, he, he's on the wing. I think it might intimidate a player like that. But if you're going to be a success at Celtic and in Scottish football, you're going to have to learn how to deal with it. Um, Paddy Burns is definitely looking about uh, a tribal. Is it a tribal treble? <laughs> it could be a tribal treble. Uh, I, I didn't do that on purpose, Paddy. I didn't do that on purpose. Um, fair play to you. Yes, we're on our way to a treble, and we've also got Cardiff Carroll. Bring it on. Hail, hail. John Sweeney, uh, Nielsen, and Hearts put in their place today, and we head hopefully to a treble. And we've also got Tony um, Daverin. Best complete performance from a Celtic team this year. What a time to be a Celtic fan. Um, IH Decorate and welcome back to the show excellent performance right throughout the site in particular I thought AG was outstanding I want to talk about AG because we've got a scenario there where it's going to be hard you've seen how difficult it is for a player to come in the other night Kevin uh, with that wee bit of rustiness not having the game time um, Tony Ralston a couple of stray passes here and there but when you're Alistair Johnson you're playing at that level um, I mean I, I honestly can't can't think of a bad game he's had in a Celtic jersey so far no, he hasn't had one yet, and that's why you can't think of one. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we said this um, with John in the pre-match as well. You know, you're almost having to like think back in your mind. Who was the guy that he replaced again? Who was he? Because he's, he's such a memory now. He's a distant memory, Juranovic. That um, you know, Johnson's just come in. And I'm sounding like a broken record, I feel, when I talk about him now, because I'm saying he's come in every week, he's come in, and he's just slotted in like he's been in that team for years. Yeah. And it's exactly what you want from a player. He's um, He's been he's been phenomenal. The things that you love about him, 
uh, and again, John mentioned this before, is just that um, the character that he's got. When some something goes against the team, when one of the other players has been wronged in a game, who's the first player that's over? Yeah. It's Johnston every mm-hmm. time. And he's only been in the door a couple of months, and he's already got that kind of um, team mentality about him that he just wants to stand up for everyone. It's it's great to see, and he's he's a for me he's like he's the mix of a, a traditional old style, uh, old school fullback that just wants to get stuck in and get the job done. Mm-hmm. But he's also playing this more modern role of being the inverted fullback as well, and he's comfortable in the ball. He's good at going forward. But when it comes down to it, if you need someone to put in that last ditch tackle, if you need someone to stand up for a teammate, Johnson's the man, and he's um, he's absolutely as I said, he's come in. You forget about the man that he's replaced because he's he's taking that role by himself. Well, the the only JJ that mattered today was Johnson and Jota. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, down that side, I, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely you're absolutely uh, bang on, Kev. Um, the the problem that Ralston has is. And ever try to get back into this team is that Tony's passing ability, as we saw the other night, is fantastic. But Johnson has that as well. You know, he, he, he played some beautiful balls today, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of them really set up dangerous situations. He made a couple of fantastic crosses. Um, and what Ange has done here, r- remarkably, with these guys coming in. You know, you have to credit the manager. It cannot be a coincidence that these guys have just hit the ground running. With with a, with a couple of exceptions, they've all, you know, come in and smashed it immediately. So this whole narrative that we used to have is, well, a guy comes in, you need to give him months and months to settle, you know, get to know the city, you know, all this sort of stuff, get his kids into the school, maybe go to a few coffee mornings and, you know, whatever it is that we used to say that they were going to do to settle in. You know, these guys have absolutely smashed it straight from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that that puts pressure on other people coming in because uh, it's like, no, no, there's no, no leeway here. There's no latitude here. You hit the ground running or you're gone. And that's um, pretty much what happened to Haxabanovich today. Uh, I mean, getting hooked on 58, that's not good. That's not good. Uh, no. I, and uh, I, again, I, I banged about it in the set, uh, uh, during the uh, half time. But, you know, I'm, I'm really annoyed. I really am annoyed because I, I just I wanted him to play an absolute blinder. And I feel bad for him. But uh, he just wasn't on it today. He wasn't no. there. He wasn't on it. And Abada came on and did what Abada always does when he comes on as a sub for some reason. He just played really well. He, he made that in fact. Yeah, you're right. Yep. You're spot on, Paddy. And I, I agree with you, though, John. Haxabanovich for the last few weeks, we've been talking about that. What's, what's this guy got to offer? And he gets the chance, doesn't take it. And you just know that, you know, the way that, that Ange works is if you don't take it, He'll just do what he did with Abada. And then Abada then, you know, the, the tables are turned. He has to then come on and make an impact. And I think he did. He came on and I thought he was positive in, in the way that he approached the game. Um, and, you know, there's there's loads of comments coming in actually about Carter Vickers. We, we can often go through games, Paddy, at times. And, you know, the guys that are really, really consistent like Carter Vickers and often yeah. McGregor, sometimes Kyogo, you know, you can go through a game and not really focus on their performance. But Carter Vickers, I mean... If there was one of the cams where you just follow him for 90 minutes, he, he's, yeah. he's unbelievable at being able to sniff out a danger before it happens. You know, at people going about his pace. I just don't think you see him running at full uh, pace all that often because he doesn't have to. 
You know, he's in, the, he's in the right position at the right time. I thought he was brilliant again today, and he capped it all off with a, a headed goal, which was a, was a really, you know, good take and a great delivery again from the man who assists more than anybody else, O'Reilly. But a headed uh, goal, sorry, a headed goal from the free kick that he won. Yes. Yep. And but that was a shocking challenge, John. That was a, <laughs> knee, a knee-high challenge, you know. Um, I was about no, to mention that when you were talking about challenges there. The, the, yeah. I thought the challenging Carter Vickers was a shocker as well. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was pretty much from behind, wasn't it? And that's mm. that's outlawed in the game. But I, I mentioned Carter Vickers at halftime. I thought he was brilliant in the first half as well. His defensive, his defensive work... You could see what he was trying to do with his passing about. I've got him or Jota down as my man of the match um, for, for today. And you could see how many times did Carter Vickers hold, hold off two Hearts players, shielding the ball, defending. Um, the second half, I thought he was he was good. I thought um, Kobayashi handled these long balls at the start of the second half as well, really well. Um, and he handled Ginelli pretty good. Mm-hmm. But Carter Vickers is just phenomenal. Um, the only thing I've got to say about Carter Vickers is in the 61st minute, what was he thinking with that back pass? <laughs> You see the, the, the almost own goal where he sclaffed at the, the clearance and Hart had to save his bacon. Did, um, did it pan over to Ange again just to see his reaction? <laughs> I know. I'll I tell, I tell you something about him, Paddy, when you're talking about him, the, the, the ability to hold off those players. You talk about a low centre of gravity. Oh, mate, that, the, the, the man must have concrete in his backside. Do you know what I mean? They cannot get him off the ball. Know. You know, I've, I've never seen him pushed off a ball. But it's he just makes it look that easy. He just stands yeah. and he just holds off these guys, and you think to yourself, "How?" And you can the guys are tanking him. You can see his legs, yeah. and you can see his demeanour. But Jesus yeah. Christ, he's he's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Upper body strength is incredible, isn't it? Oh, like yeah. John says, he can just world. hold people up. You mentioned Kobayashi, uh, Paddy. I think it's fair to to bring him into the conversation because he's a player. We'd seen like flashes of a water, and people were saying, "I'd love to see a wee run from a water." Uh, we hadn't seen so much from Kobayashi, but you know he's coming in that second half, and yeah, Celtic were by that point they were coasting it, but he has impressed I think in the second half, slotted in yeah. effortlessly. Says uh, Tony, upgrade from Jens, and Jens was great. Um, I, I like the way that the first the first touch of the ball, Kevin, he's he's basically turning his body, and it's offensive. The first time he gets that, he's on he's on the move straight away. I like that about him. He's no laboured. I'm not saying, you know, sack Starfelt. I'm not saying that. Starfelt tends to take a couple of ch- touches to compose himself. But his first touch and he was on the move and I thought that was good and it was dynamic, which I think will suit Angie's team. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually really glad to see all the comments that are coming in on the side that are praising Kobayashi for his performance. So that he was that he was excellent in the second half. Again, as uh, was it Tony that had just said in the comment there, it looks like he's been there for a while, the way that he's come in. You can definitely tell he's like um, he's a ball playing centre half when that ball comes to him, and because he's left footed as well, playing on the left side, he gives you that bit of balance. I think Starfield's a good defender. We spoke about it before the game. He's a really good defender, and he's what he's good at is defending. He's maybe not so comfortable with the ball at his feet, and he's playing on yeah. the wrong side for him. But we could by Ashley when the ball comes to him, like you say, he receives it well. He opens his body up, and how many times did he take it? Kind of invite the Hearts player onto him and then just step past him. And he's striding out for defence. It's like watching Van Dyke again, almost. He's got that level of composure in the ball. Um, I think he'll be a really good player for us. I think he'll settle in. And probably next season, you know, you may be looking at him being a starter in the team. And you I'm not sure. Maybe, sorry, you know? sorry, Kev. I'm just saying, I'm not sure I've ever seen uh, a situation where we have guys coming off the bench in almost every position who are genuinely competitive. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe they've been out the team for a while. They're coming back. They're actually better than the guy that's on the pitch, or they're genuinely competitive. The only, uh, the only uh, sort of positions I think that's not the case in is obviously striker. I don't think was competitive with Kyogo and uh, left back uh, with uh, Bernabe and Taylor. But other than that, you know, th- there's there's pretty much real, real quality behind every single player there. I mean, Awata, come on. Mm. And was so clever. I mean, one of the tackles he made there was just brilliant. so clever. Went right. back brilliantly, um, <laughs> and you know, I mean, these guys are only coming on. There's, there's only 15 minutes to make your mark in a game. That's a very difficult thing to do. You know, I, 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 every time he's come on, at me. Every he's time, yeah, yeah, every game he's come on. Yeah, I mean, look at the man's pedigree. You know, you just know he's going to be a great player. Yeah, you know, yeah. best player in Japan. Yeah. We've got a lot of guys in that team who were not the best players in Japan, but by God, they're the best players in Scotland. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, uh, you know, that, I, that's I really a great show. That's yeah. a great shout, John. Because, like you say, if he's better than Hatate, uh, what what have we got in store here? You know, uh, unbelievable. Um, I'm going to bring this so, up because, sorry, sorry, Kev. I was just going to say, I think, I think the point that John was making as well about the squad spot on, because if you, you're sitting thinking back and going, like in my lifetime, going, right. Tommy Burns had the team that's probably played the best football I'd seen Celtic play, but the squad was really thin, and when it came down to it, we just weren't good enough. Then you'll move on to someone like Martin O'Neill, and you'll go, that's probably the best starting eleven we've ever had. And But the squad was weak. You've got maybe 14, 15 players, but then after that, the squad is fairly weak. You've given boys like Ross Wallace more of a game than he should ever have got. Then you're going Brendan Rodgers, and again, you're going, this is the time when we were becoming really dominant. And the team was good, the squad was getting there, but there were holes in it in different places. Mm-hmm. Now you look at this one and you go, right, if Haxabanovich isn't working, we're bringing on a badder. And we've got Maeda out injured to come back and you've got Jamesy Forrest. So there's four options going for that one position. You've got Iwata, the best player in Japan last season, not able to get in the team at the moment. You've got Kobayashi coming in. You know, the strength and depth there is unbelievable. And that's where you go back to what Paddy was saying earlier on as well about us going for the treble. And it's not it's not an entitlement. It's not a big-headedness or anything about it. But you look at our team and our squad compared to everyone else, and we really should win every game that we play domestically because well, we should I, be I, head I and shoulders above the rest. The best way to characterise the substitutions, I think, is... a. Uh, the first line of the song that I played earlier, isn't it? Just piling on the agony. Yeah. <laughs> it's so uh, true, though. You get an injury to Maeda, and, you know, you can you can bring on Haxabanek, didn't have a great game today, but you can bring on quality. You get an injury to Starfield, you can bring on Kobayashi. You know, other, yeah. in other teams, that would be a devastating blow and a devastating loss, but we've got another player there you can bring in, and the drop in quality doesn't exist. Well, it's not even that, Paul John, as well. We've got Maida out, you bring on Haxabanovich to replace him. Haxabanovich doesn't do it, and then we bring on a bad ass. We've got three. <laughs> it's, it's, it's scary. It's it absolutely scary. It's just, you know. Imagine being that fullback that's maybe gone up against Jota for an hour. And you think, like, oh, I've done my job, right? Jota's gone off now. Oh, it's a badder that's coming on. <laughs> it's Maida that's coming on. Jesus, can I get subbed off? It's minutes. Absolutely. Um, Jack Jack says here, best Celtic team of the last 20 years. I'm so in love with Celtic. And it's a point of reference. Last year, we were playing some great stuff last year, and I got a phone call out of the blue from my old football coach, right? 
who had been watching Celtic since the 1960s. And um, Mick Hutton, if you're watching, because I know he does tune in, I uh, hope you're doing well. And he said this was the best Celtic team he had seen since then. And so when I hear guys that have been through it all saying that kind of stuff or Jack-Jack coming on, I mean, it tells you just how good and exciting this uh, team that Andrew's assembling is at the moment. And we're living the moment. And by the way, when we started live streaming, um, we thought we were going to be celebrating 10 in a row and we lived the dark, dark time. So we're going to enjoy it now that we've turned that corner <laughs> in a big way. Um, as I said before, last night, I didn't really have uh, much backup, but we all stood up. Uh, John Hughes came to the fore, Paddy and Kevin. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you today. And thank you again for holding the fort in the pre-match. The comments section has rightfully been very, very positive. Keep it up. Go out, enjoy the rest of your weekend, ladies and gents. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Network.